Hello and welcome back to the Being Forces Friendly podcast. In season two, we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Being Forces Friendly podcast. I'm Jacko, Director of Defence Relationship Management and your host for this episode. And today I'm joined by DRM's senior management team, who I will ask to introduce themselves in a moment. And we will be discussing what it is that we do in defence relationship management, who we are, and how the last year has been for us. And we might also touch on where next year goes a little bit. So without further ado, if we could go around and introduce myself, and in good military fashion, we'll go from right to left. So, Tony. Uh, thank you, Jacko. Uh, my name is Tony Blaney. I am the Senior National Account Manager within the Relationship Management team. Uh, thank you. My name is Tracy Halpin and I am the Operations Manager for the Business Hub team within DRM. And I'm Eloise French. I'm the Assistant Director of the Communications team within DRM. Hi, my name is Paul Green and I look after corporate communications uh, and I sit within DRM and work into the Reserve Forces and Cadets Association. Thanks everyone, and we are shy of one member of our senior management team, which would have been Melanie Harden, who is the Assistant Director for uh, Research and Intelligence, uh, who unfortunately has been uh, taken unwell today. So what we will do is we'll catch up on some of what uh, her team delivers a little bit later on. But um, I just thought it might be useful to set the scene a little bit for exactly what is it that Defence Relationship Management um, do, and why were we set up? Well, we were set up by defence um, because there was a recognition that the contribution employers make to supporting reserve service was absolutely paramount. And it was also accepted that there was a need on the back of a strategic um, defence and security review back in 2011, 2012, and then subsequently the formation of what became known as Future Reserves 2020 in 2013, i.e., how reserves would be utilised and grown in size between 2013 out to 2020. And really, the key thing there was, it was about recognising that if you want an operationally capable reservist, you have to have a supportive employer. And at that time, back in 2013, it was a time when there was an awful lot going on in defence. And as such, not everyone really recognised the vital and important role that reserves play in providing a key component element of the nation's defence. And so, Defence Relationship Management was stood up in 2014 initially and came into its full operating capability in 2015. And its aim was to act as a single point or an interlocutor for employers and organisations to come into and have discussions with defence in order, primarily at that stage, to look at making those reservists operationally capable. But we've broadened a little bit since then, as I think um, the team will enlarge upon as we um, have our discussion today. And we now look across a, a much broader armed forces community, which, sure, still comprises reservists, but also service leavers, veterans, cadet force adult volunteers, the cadet movement, military spouses, partners and families, 
and indeed anyone that really goes and contributes and makes up part of that armed forces community. Now as we go through, what I'd really like to um, ask the team to draw out a little bit are what some of the key outputs that Defence Relationship Management deliver. And there's two really that I'm going to pick out specifically before asking the team to provide a little bit more colour to that. The first is the Armed Forces Covenant. And then the second is the Employer Recognition Scheme. So I think let's start off then with the, um, the Armed Forces Covenant. And I, I like to confuse the senior management team. So I'm going to change the order a little bit to that which was originally uh, um, uh, um, thinking about covering. And I'd like to go to you, Tony, in the first instance. And I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the relationship management team um, and what it is that you do specifically, uh, perhaps in the area of the Armed Forces Covenant in the first instance. Okay, uh, well, thank you for uh, uh, springing that one on me, Jacko. Uh, I um, always a pleasure. will do my best to, uh, to respond. So the relationship management team is, is essentially uh, built upon two teams. Uh, we have the, the national account management team and then we have the regional employer engagement directors um, that are housed within the 13 RFCAs. Um, between us we look after uh, about 38,000 different organisations uh, that vary in their, their level of support and specifically within the, the DRM central team, the national account managers, they look after about 472. Um, again, the national account managers are split by sector, so there's um, uh, seven sectors specifically that we look after, uh, whereas the REEDs, the Regional Employer Engagement Directors, are bound by uh, geography. Uh, and our, our two key outputs, as you mentioned there, are we are the front-facing, you know, the, the client-facing side of DRM, uh, and our, our role is predominantly engaging with those businesses to facilitate their, their armed forces covenant, so that's crafting bespoke pledges, uh, and on the light, on the, uh, uh, with the view of holding a, uh, a covenant signing event, um, which further reiterates the relationship between industry and defence. And we're actually on track to reach the uh, 10,000 Armed Forces Covenant by the end of the financial year. Uh, and I think one of the other things which is, is quite important and often overlooked is that 82% of the Armed Forces Covenant signatories are from the private sector with SMEs making up, uh, sorry, with SMEs, small to medium enterprises, making up 83% of that total. Uh, and then we've Beyond the covenant, we guide them through the employer recognition scheme, um, you know, the bronze, silver, and gold. Uh, all the while, we're capturing the data behind that, and we use something called the, the measurement of effect. Uh, and these are four specific categories that defence sees as, as key outputs um, through their relationship with industry. Uh, so we capture those, uh, and we also record our. Uh, levels of engagement, um, so key engagements, and that's our way of making sure that as things change, as, as staff churn, uh, as requests come in from, um, from MOD, uh, we can supply that true, clean data set. Um, and it's something actually that I think uh, DRM specifically should be proud of when we look at um, our, our other partners in this space. So we really do provide that tangible evidence of activity, reading that all the way through to a measurement of how that activity impacts on the armed forces community I mentioned before. 
and is directly related to a, um, a, an output and benefit for them. Is that is that is that fair? Uh, I think that's a much more articulate way of how I just described <laughs> it. But yes, definitely fair. Hey, well, listen. I, no, that's really interesting. Thank you, Tony. And I think so. I think it's fair to say then, uh, and I'm going to look around the table for nods, um, which of course the audience won't be able to see, but there will be vehement uh, nodding in agreement that really defence relationship management act as the front door to employers and organisations right across the UK in order to take that first step through signing the Armed Forces Covenant. And the next step really is, is then to encourage those employers, if they're able to, to go down the employer recognition scheme. And um, Eloise, um, as, as the guardian internally to the senior management team of the employer recognition scheme, perhaps you could just expand a little bit on that, but also some of the communications and events activity that you look after. Uh, thank you. Yes, so the employer recognition scheme, as Tony has already alluded to, has three different levels to it. Bronze, silver and gold. Um, bronze is where is obviously the first stage where accounts show their intent to come and support defence. And then they work up to gold where the main element is advocacy. So that's advocating for defence, advocating for the Armed Forces Covenant and the Employer Recognition Scheme itself. Um, it has grown, the scheme itself has grown exponentially since it was launched in 2016. Um, we've got now nearly 4,000 bronzes, over 1,000 silvers and 642 golds. Um, 156 of those alone were actually awarded this year. So there were nine this year because of the amount. We used to have one national award ceremony. Um, when we got to 100 in 2019, we realised that was a little bit large. Um, so we've now split it out and the regions help us to um, put on the award scheme. So there were nine this year throughout England, Wales and Scotland. Um, in conjunction with that, we also run various events. So we have something called Defence Insight Brief that is specifically for our gold award holders, where they get to hear from Secretary of State and the Chief of Defence Staff um, to talk to them about things that are happening in defence at the moment that um, are similar to what might be affecting employers and how the two can help each other. Um, we have our partnering with Defence Conference which I can exclusively tell you is happening on the 9th of March next year um, at the QE2 Centre. Um, that is a chance for about 360 people to get together and um, listen to people from Defence. From um, We've had in the past, we've had Secretary of State speak, we've had the Head of the Reserve speak, um, and various other people, and we um, sometimes have a keynote speaker. And um, regarding our communications themselves, um, we tend to have a very much a digital focus, so everything is online, so um, please do follow us on our social media channels. Um, Twitter is at DRM underscore support, and on LinkedIn we are Defence Relationship Management, and that's where we obviously communicate out a lot of what we do, um, and the stats, and give people a better understanding of both the Covenant and the Employer Recognition Scheme. Um, due to that, we obviously look after the branding of the two um, outputs, so if anybody ever has any branding questions that you would like to ask, um, please do let us know. Um, we will help you as much as we can. And I think, Jacko, that comes no, most things. Thank you very much. So there you go. So we've had the, uh, you know, the, the, the front door to uh, what we're doing, um, articulated by Tony. We've had um, the Armed Forces Covenant covered, the Employer Recognition Scheme. But we've heard mention a couple of times about the Reserve Forces Cadets Association. Now, Paul, 
You are the um, uh, the assistant director of corporate communications. You um, have a, 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 a massive role to play in the RFCA's uh, piece, but you do have a linkage into what we do because it's all quite sort of symbiotic, really, in terms of in the engagement space. But perhaps you just enlarge a little bit on on that RFCA side of the house. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the, the Reserve Force Cadet Associations and DRM's uh, ultimate agenda, there's, there's much synergy there. Um, the RFCA's 13 of them, uh, and uh, across the UK, uh, including Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. And the reach there that we have using the RFCA's into the communities really, um, really does help us with the employer engagement agenda uh, and the ability for the RFCAs to link communities to defence uh, is essential uh, in that support. My function as communicate within communications uh, and the corporate communication space around internal communications, helping um, the staff that are embedded throughout the RFCAs uh, become equipped with uh, what they need to help deliver the employer engagement agenda. Brilliant. No, thanks, Paul. I think it's a, it's a question that we know is often asked. Yeah, who are these RFCAs? Who are DRM? And I think it is important, as you just articulated, we are absolutely working together towards the same agenda of supporting the armed forces community um, in the round. Now, but within the DRM uh, organisation, we can't do that without um, uh, the, the engine room. And Tracy, um, maybe you could just build on a little bit about the business hub. I can, yes. Um, so um, within the Business Hub, um, we have um, quite a lot of areas that we cover broadly. Um, a key one is um, our financial side. So we, we look after the budget for DRM Central and the 13 regions. Um, we also look after all the HR in terms of um, staff, recruitment and new onboarding um, and general day-to-day business support across the various projects within DRM. One other point I just wanted to touch on was that um, with the AFC process, um, we we are responsible for the administrative side of the Armed Forces Covenants from the initial start of their journey, if you like, through through the process and progressing onto the ERS goals. Um, um, And we sort of have lots of contact with the the regions and the REEDs and also the people that are signing, the businesses that are signing up to the Armed Forces Covenant and their initial connection with us, if you like. want to a better word. No, brilliant. Thanks, Tracy. And also, um, uh, if I may steal one of your sandwiches, of course, there is also the Defence Professional Placements um, programme. Yes, there is. Yes, Uh, so um, we have um, Jill, who obviously would probably be best placed to speak about this. So if I I could just jump in. So um, uh, Jill actually is quite uniquely placed. So where the the RM team, the relationship at the NAMS and the REEDs, we're very much out and about with industry, with our clients. Um, but what Jill can do is conduit back into the centre, back into Defence Civil Services, yes. and she can work with them to identify individuals uh, that are um, serving and how they can be uh, implanted into, uh, uh, into industry, to learn from industry, to take on those skills uh, take on different ways of working and then bring them back into defence to help shape and, 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 and uh, future-proof defence going forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, it's one of those, uh, I think the, the great thing about that is it affords the single services of the Navy, the Army and the Air Force 
to look across industry for where there are those perhaps you know where they can learn mm-hmm. and I think that's um, particularly in, in certain skill um, trade areas and in terms of that learning process um, as I said Melanie uh, can't be with us today so maybe I'll, I'll just touch a little bit on the research and intelligence um, team because we do consider ourselves very much an intelligence-led uh, organization and operation now we do that through uh, a number of ways one of our key tools is through the survey work uh, that we do. We have an employer attitude survey, which is where we go out to those who are already connected to defence in some way, probably through the covenant or through the employer recognition scheme, but also to others who may not know anything about it and ask them about what it is that they would like to have from a relationship with defence. And we do that on an annual basis and we take all of the data that we gather from that and that helps us decide where to target our efforts in terms of the, uh, the relationships we have with employers to make sure um, that we are delivering value for money for, for the Ministry of Defence in terms of ensuring that those who do sign the covenant and do go down the employer recognition scheme um, journey are entering into a mutually beneficial partnership that gives something sure back to them but also that um, positively benefits the armed forces um, community. Now, um, we also do um, stakeholder um, surveys with a raft of other um, organisations to make sure that um, what it is that we're doing is focused in the right way. We also, uh, within Melanie's team, look after the due diligence. For um, Tracy touched on this to a degree. Um, we need to make sure that those that sign the Armed Forces Covenant are doing so for the right intent. There is always a reputational piece to be upheld, and we need to make sure that those who are um, are either signing the Armed Forces Covenant for the first time, or indeed are um, entering onto the Employer Recognition Scheme journey, um, are doing it for the right reasons, um, and no nefarious activity is is planned on on their behalf. So we do have a pretty robust system in place for um, the due diligence for getting um, onto, onto onto that ladder. But I think the key thing that the um, uh, research intelligence team do also is to manage our CRM tool. Now we use Salesforce um, and we have uh, members of the team who are real gurus at making sure that we use that platform to its best ability in order to generate some of the data that Tony touched on before in terms of our measurement of effect. And what that really means is, is that we can generally map the journeys that um, the organisations who commit to signing the covenant and taking the employee and the recognition scheme journey, um, making sure that um, we we genuinely work together to make sure that we're getting the most um, from the partnership. And it would be um, remiss of me if I didn't expand a little bit then on an analogy that I often use for everybody when we're talking about um, uh, about DRM, which which has drawn a rise a rise smile from around the table, but. Um, uh, in a way it's useful that I had the opportunity to perhaps cover a little bit of the research intelligence because it's a pretty simple car analogy. The research and intelligence are the lights of our car. They shine the way down the road to make sure that we're going in the right direction and engaging with and targeting the right sectors and the right employers uh, for the right reasons in order to have a beneficial um, partnership. We then got to be in a car of some shape or, uh, and form and existence, and that's where the communications team, both of Paul and Eloise, 
really help us by shaping what type and brand and model of car we're in. Now, I would always say that we are, of course, a Ferrari, uh, but sometimes it might be more suitable to be a, you know, an off-road 4x4, who knows? That's where the R&I team tell us the direction that we go in, and that's where the communications and events activity that we do, and I hope a lot of you have seen some of our pretty robust social and digital media um, um, output. So that's you know, the, the, brand, uh, the brand of the car. Every car needs an engine. Tracy very ably um, described how, you know, they, Tracy keeps us all going, keeps the fuel going in the car, keeps the, uh, keeps the car MOT, keeps us up to speed with uh, everything in terms of right across um, HR, pay and everything. So every car needs a, a decent engine, whether it's um, electric, petrol or diesel, it doesn't matter to Tracy, she'll keep us on the, um, uh, and the business hub team will keep us on the road. And to be on the road, we need some tyres. So that old expression of where the rubber meets the road, that really is uh, the relationship management uh, part of the house, who they are um, forward-facing into all of those employees and organisations who enter into that um, partnership uh, with us. And of course, you know, there's a back seat, not in every Ferrari, but uh, um, our customers, who are the Ministry of Defence. Ultimately, the Royal Navy, the Air Force and the Army are the three organisations that we seek to serve across the totality of that community that I highlighted um, before. And we do that all on behalf of Chief of Defence people who sat in the passenger seat, pushing stuff into the sat-nav to make sure that we know what it is that he wants us, um, uh, wants us to cover. So that really is who Defence Relationship Management Oh, and we thought it was a useful opportunity through the being forced uh, through the podcast, um, just to share some of that with some of that with you. Now, if anyone around the table has got anything they'd like to to add in well, particular, I think the only bit that you've missed in your car analogy is is where you are. Ah, yeah, <laughs> sat behind the wheel, steering us in the right direction. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully in a driverless manner. So the, <laughs> the, 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 the least I have to do with the steering wheel, the better. No, but that, that's very true. I have the privilege. And indeed, the honour to um, to look after the um, the, the, the DRM team, um, both the the central hub that we have in London and those who are embedded in the RFCAs that Paul mentioned um, across across the country. Um, so, in a nutshell, that is who we are. That is what we do at DRM. Uh, I'd first like to thank all of you within the senior management team for for joining us um, as guests of this our latest um, podcast episode, uh, and indeed the last one of the year. But also to you for listening, and it's an offer really. Um, We can only do what we do if you engage um, with us, and once you've engaged with us, continue to feel the benefit from that relationship. So please, if you're already in touch and you're already advocating for our agenda, please continue to do so. If this has whetted your appetite at all, then get in touch. Look up the Armed Forces Covenant, the Employer Recognition Scheme, or indeed Defence Relationship Management on www.gov.uk and let us know how we can help and how we can work together. And so in closing, um, all of us here, um, on their behalf, I'd like to wish you a wonderful festive period and we will be back just in the new year with our very next episode. So from everyone here, goodbye. Make sure to never miss an episode by hitting the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can always contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening.